Hey friends, you are listening to the After Sunday Podcast with Taylor Johnston and Casey Rolap. Here we're going to have real, authentic conversations about both the challenges and the beauty of the Christian lifestyle. Our hope is that you would leave this podcast praising God for all of the good, but also trusting Him with the not so great. Thank you for tuning in. We are so glad that you're here. Hey, welcome back to the After Sunday Podcast. I'm Taylor Johnston. And I'm Casey Rolap. And today we have two very special guests. We're talking about the Good Shepherd. Hi, I'm Nate Johnston. And I'm Michael Rolap. So we're going to go ahead and enter into this sharing is caring portion of the podcast. And we've mentioned this before that our husbands are goat ranchers, which is kind of funny because it's not something that you hear often in our region. I mean, we have farmers and such, but specific to goats, like ever, just goats too. Well, you guys have sheep now, right? Mm -hmm and pigs so they're a little bit more advanced than the roll-up ranch but um funny enough uh nathaniel actually got michael into goat ranching so maybe we'll talk about that in a minute sorry about that case yes i hold that over your head for sure (laughs) um but anyway so the first question is why did you get into goats michael you want to kick us off why did you like what possessed you to be like that sounds like a really good idea yeah if you would have asked me this 10 years 10 years ago i would have thought goats nah nah definitely no chance but then i had this friend uh by the name of nate johnston and uh, <laughs> he's like hey we've got some uh some goats and you guys have property you should just totally get some goats it's super easy and Hi. you put them out there and <laughs> they have babies and you take them to the market and bam and i thought man that sounds attractive let's try it but i do enjoy it so i'm glad he did talk me into it so all right, Nathaniel, what about you? What possessed you to get goats? Why did I get into goats? Um, I don't know why I got into goats. I think I just wanted to be a farmer. And then I went to an auction one time and um, I saw all these numbers and I was intrigued. And so I figured I want to try this, right? So I don't know. I guess I just wanted to give it a try. <clears throat> so do you remember when we came to your house when you lived and like, I don't know, Carnival, was it Carnival? Yeah. And you just had a baby goat, and remember you called him Michael because of the white patch yes, on his head? I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, and so that was even before, I think, we, it still was a while after that when we started, but I'll never forget that. So context, Casey's husband, Michael, has a birthmark in his hair. You have a couple, don't you, yeah. actually? Was it a birthmark? Three, oh, that's three, random, but. Three of them, actually. Yeah. yeah. So he he what is that called in the goat world where like a goat dapple dapple where a goat is a solid like say it's a solid black color and it's got white polka dot spots michael is a dapple human being so uh, i'll have you know that the best goats are dapples so. that's, that's right that's true <laughs> that's funny all right guys so next question is think about this one because you know if someone's thinking right now listening they're like i want to get into goats you get to tell them the best of it and you get to tell them the worst of it so what is the best thing the thing you love the most about raising goats about ranching and what's the thing that you absolutely can't stand yeah so i think the thing that i most enjoy about goats and i think it's probably specific to goats is that they have personalities right so they actually can like connect with you in a weird way it's kind of like a dog um and so i really enjoy just going out and like hanging out with the goats and just kind of watching them Um, but what I do not enjoy in any way is 
when it comes time to like giving them all the warmer and trimming the feet and get them new water when it's in the winter time and the ice is all over the place. So yeah, that's definitely not my favorite. I absolutely thought you were going to say you hate when you come home from work and their heads are stuck in the fence. That's most definitely the second thing that I, yes. So my favorite thing would probably be building the infrastructure. So I love to build the kidding pins or build some kind of corral or, and then do it on like a shoestring budget to see what I can do with what we have in the barn already. Um, and then the least favorite would probably be similar to Nate. Just keeping them healthy is keeping them alive. Very challenging. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think there's a misconception with goats that people people always say, "Oh, a goat will eat anything." You even see the kids' cartoons with that. But actually, if a goat ate anything, nine times out of ten, it's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about how goats will um, they they pretty much just give up. Like if. Yeah. If they just see a situation they don't like, they're like, and I'm finished with life right now. <laughs> so they just like give up in really easily. So it's hard to keep them alive, but it's really enjoyable at the same time. I would also argue, <clears throat> sorry, Michael and I still have colds, so sorry about that. But I would also argue with the fact <clears throat> that they are as smart as dogs. Yeah. That's not right. <laughs> sorry. So, some of, That's not right. Some of them, some no. of them can be really not smart at all. Personalities like. There's personalities. Similar to dog, but intelligence, uh, maybe not so No, much. no. Like they put their head in the same fence over and over <laughs> and over and get stuck. What's yeah. that one's name that we have that does that? I don't have, we don't have her anymore. She's gone? Yeah. Oh no, when yeah. did you get rid of her? Like last year. Yeah. I think also, I need to know, just so they know, our, our listeners, like, about how many goats do you have? What are we talking here? Do you have like three goats? Do you have like 50 goats? What's your herd size? So... At the moment, we have about 20, but in February, kidding season starts, so we should have around 40 if everything goes well. And then we sell them off and back down to 20. Yeah, so I have, I think right now we have about 40 goats, and but we also have 10 sheep, so that makes 50, if my math is right. And then we have kids coming in February, March, so and lambs, so... That should hopefully double, but I don't know. We've had better years. That's too many goats for one person, honey. That's so many You're goats. right. You're right. It is. It's a lot of work. So, uh, side note, he is going to be selling some of them, so they're roll-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Steady Oak Ranch. Way too many goats for these people over here. Okay, so I actually remember why we got into goats. Um we saw one on Craigslist. And so we woke up one morning and we're like, we want a goat. And it was actually my wife that said this. And so we found the first goat on Craigslist and we went and bought it. And that's how we got into goats. I forgot about that goat. Yep. I think his name was Gus. It was Gus. Yep. <laughs> Gus, Gus, like off Cinderella. Like, uh, you know that sit, sit yourself back and listen for a spill about a Billy Goat kid named Gus? Uh, what was that? Negative. <laughs> You've never heard of it? No. Never. Somebody please We're sophisticated goat ranchers. You can YouTube it. Google it. Okay, so we're talking about goats right now, but we're going to transition when it comes to the meat and potatoes of this episode. What we really want to talk about is Jesus as the good shepherd. 
And there is a way that you guys have experienced what that truly means that other people may not fully understand or have a full picture of because you have actually cared for these animals, these stubborn, these get their heads stuck in the fence, these wild personalities. We, when we think of it, Jesus has cared for us in the same way. Um, I don't know. I probably am his goat that gets, well, I guess he calls a sheep, sheep that gets their head stuck in the fence. He's like, Taylor, are you joking? I was just here fixing this. Um, but you guys kind of have a unique perspective on that. So what I want to hear from both of you is what have you learned through your hands-on experience of shepherding and caring for these animals about Jesus that you would say maybe you didn't know before, before you got into this? So for me, I think it would be, uh, the realization that he cares about and knows each of us individually. So that's good. So just for the the amount of time I'm around these goats in the pasture, uh, feeding them for whatever five minutes a day or uh, more than that sometimes, but you can you can come to an understanding of what that individual goat uh, needs, mm-hmm. what um, they lack, you know especially in their their the health side and then like nate was saying earlier the personality so if my human brain is to comprehend that with 20 different goats that you know change with each kidding season uh what an amazing father to be able to really uh, just know us each individually yeah yeah and it and it takes uh, it takes sorry it takes a shepherd to know his flock well and so like what you're saying, I, I really relate to that because you look at your 20 goats and it even seems like a lot sometimes. It's a, a lot to take care of, but you, you must know each one of those very well to be able to care for them well. And to think that our God knows everyone, it's not 20, you know, it's everyone and he cares for everyone well. So for me, I think... Um, yeah, I just it recently um, we got 10 sheep. And so I've kind of watched the goats versus the sheep and how in scripture it talks about that, you know, it speaks of um, Jesus being the good shepherd and how he is um, the shepherd of, of sheep. And just the other day, these pigs got in to the sheep pen and all the sheep comes come out of their pen with the pigs and it was a total chaos disaster and I was I had just bought the sheep and I didn't know like how I was going to get the sheep back in and with goats you have to like make a bunch of noise and kind of scare them in the direction that you want them to go um, but with the sheep I noticed that as soon as I got the feed bucket they just like filed like right in line behind me and just walked right with me and so it was kind of a revelation of like this is this is Jesus as the good shepherd is he 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 cares for his sheep and he leads his sheep. So he doesn't, he doesn't make a bunch of noise and push his goats in the direction he wants them to go. He actually leads his sheep in the direction he's, he's leading them. Yeah. Another thing too would be that, um, you know, there's many times that you go out to the, the pasture and you're trying to catch the sick one, you know, the sick goat. And you're, (laughs) I've told this story before, but where I'm like trying to chase this one down and he's trying to like run away from me and I slip and fall and I'm in the poop and I'm wet and I'm, it's a mess and I'm mad and like all this stuff is going on. 
but this is this is our God. This is Jesus, and he he gets down into the dirty with us as well because he loves us and he wants the best for us. He wants to care for us. He knows what's best for us, and he's willing to to do the dirty job, just as you know we would go out and try to catch a sick goat and slip and fall in the poop. So yeah. And how does he not get mad? I mean, I exactly think my frustration when chasing these goats, and I'm thinking. Yeah, but yet he stays patient. Yeah, he doesn't lash out like I have never lashed out my goats before, never. I've never gotten mad about falling in poop. Nope, never happened. Yeah. So the next question that we have for you is, as you have spent time shepherding, leading your goats, your sheep, your your pigs, all the, the livestock, how has that shaped you and how you lead in other aspects of life? So, for example, how has that affected you, the way that you lead your spouse, your kids, your church? What lessons have you learned that you've been able to then implement in just everyday life? Besides boots off at the door, guys. <laughs> yes, that is a big, yep. big no-no Poopy in our house. boots off at the door. That is honestly probably my least favorite part of goat farming. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, is the, the boots. Is the okay, actually, boots. wait, before they answer that question, I am curious. We didn't ask each other. Casey, what is your, f- I want to know, like, what's oh, your yeah. favorite part Ooh, of Michael good. having, because it really, when your husband has a farm, you have a farm. Nathaniel's over here like, really, Taylor? Maybe There's not the one. workload, but you still, it still requires yeah parts of you that, re- patience. Lots of patience. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so my favorite thing would be just how it has built just kind of a bond within our family, specifically with the kids. It's taught them hard work. It's taught them to see life coming in, into the world and what it takes to take care of something, and it's taught them discipline. And it's been really neat for me to watch my husband interact with the boys, specifically the older boys. I mean, Hux hang out too sometimes, but they're a little bit young still. But just getting to see him teach them the lesson and value of hard work. And then my least favorite thing, that list is a little longer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of, kind of. <laughs> joking, no, not no. joking. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it would be, it, it does take a lot of time. Like if I'm just being completely honest, it takes a lot of time to keep even 20 goats fed and the, the medicine that can take a lot and just, it's a lot of attention that is required. So sometimes that can be a little bit of a struggle for us is finding out that finding that healthy balance of what's too much, what can be let go, what do we what do we really have to take care of, and the muddy boots. I'm not gonna lie, and because we have four kids and they have muddy boots and yeah, so much mud and poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't you dare wear those shoes in my house. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? Okay, I'm gonna start with my least favorite thing, and then I'm gonna go to my favorite. But least favorite thing is definitely the the electric fence though we live out in the country we can't you know what i mean like all my friends who live in town they can just go to the hub or they can run to the dairy queen and that's not the case for us i think you guys live a little bit a little bit it's not bad we're about 15 minutes out of town right now it's not bad we've lived further from town but you're not doing this in town that is not a lifestyle option and also the electric fence terrifies me anytime people are like oh you have goats can we just swing by i'm like you can but you might get shocked if you go by that it's just so much to explain responsible because when they come over i'm always like don't touch the fence it's the fence off and if they get shocked which we've had friends kids get shocked before you feel really bad about it it's bad generally they only do it once (laughs) (laughs) true and it doesn't hurt that bad all of our kids have gotten shocked 
I've gotten shocked a bazillion times. Yeah, we'll be coming back on for parenting advice later, guys. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. I do feel like, I don't know, you've been shocked, and maybe I'm not trying to call you dramatic, Nathaniel, but like you did say it like almost stopped your heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> that might be a little no, dramatic. No, I was using a uh, netting, so... It was a different type of fence? It was much stronger. Oh, that makes sense. No, I'm just kidding. But I did, I, I grabbed it like with a full fist and I didn't know it was on. So. To your defense that, though, that it shocks your heart. Other. Like it, like you That's feel what it he in told your chest. Me. You do though. I he came see in that. and he was like, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. It like shakes you to the core. It's like, <laughs> like it's, I mean, I know you can't see it, but it, it's, it hurts. Yeah, the, the good thing, though, around our farm is that the electric fence usually doesn't work because <laughs> the installer, me, has not properly hooked everything up, so you don't have to worry about getting shocked here. <laughs> that's part of farming, though, is you're doing everything. Like At least that's how I see you do it. Is you don't have, It's not like you go in and you have a 9-to-5, which you don't do farming full-time. That's not your, your either of your 9-to-5s yet, but um, maybe one day, Lord willing, that would be an amazing thing. But you are your their doctor. You're their feeder. You're their you're their protector when it comes to making sure the parameters secure. You're their extender. So as they're having kids and you need to extend the pasture, you have to put in fence and water and all of these things. So um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. My least favorite thing. No, I already said my I least favorite thing. Oh that. no! Oh What's no! Your second least um, favorite thing. <laughs> I actually need like three. So I'm gonna be my favorite thing is kidding season. I am not an animal person. When I see a full-grown goat, I'm like, good for you. I like you over there. But when I see a baby goat, you just have to snuggle it. It's so, so precious. And then the way they yell is so funny to me. I, I just absolutely love them. Um, we've actually taken in one into our home bottle baby goat, and she's still precious to me. Nathaniel, did you try to t- trick me the other day and tell me she was gone or something? Cotton, maybe one of the boys did. They came in, they're like, Cotton's gone. And literally, it will be so upsetting when that day comes. So Mm. you do tend to, if you get close to one and you make a connection, you do kind of form. It's so, that's such a weird thing to say. I feel like I would have never thought I would say that in my life, but you do kind of. Well, they know your name. Oh, they know your voice. I mean, (laughs) not your name. They're not that smart. (laughs) Our goats are really (laughs) smart. But the one that you're speaking of knows your voice. So if you go out there and you yell, her name, which is Cotton, she would holler back at you because she knows your voice. Do they really? I'm having a hard time. Okay, I listen. This is crazy. I have video of it. It's so precious. But I'm actually writing in, in this new book I was telling you about. I'm writing a chapter. The very first chapter is called Good Shepherds Drive Diesels. Is about how is about hearing the Lord's voice and how Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they, they follow me. And how we got this goat when she was just a few hours old. We found her out in the field. Her sister had passed away. She hadn't made it. And we decided to bring her into the house. And I literally fed her like a newborn baby for months, a month and a half. Three months. Yeah. She was by my bedside. By the time she was big enough to go out into the pasture, I literally would stand at the fence every day and call Cotton. And she would call back and come running to the fence. Yes. But um, they even, our goats even recognize the sound of your diesel engine pulling into the driveway for feed time. Yes. They'll hear his engine and they'll come running. So I don't know. I feel like they do. I feel like they do know us. They definitely know the sound of the four coming up. And also, there's a huge difference in when they're born, if you're there when they hit the ground and you're helping take care of them drying off and uh, you spend like five or ten minutes with them, those are our friendliest goats That's true. down that the road true. even a year oh, wow. later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something about that bonding there right out of the gate that – kind of sets the tone for how friendly they are. Because the ones that were not there to experience the birth, 
they're not nearly as friendly. Hmm. So maybe they're not as dumb as I think they are, hmm. but I still <laughs> don't think they're that bright. <laughs> you must have had some really good dogs growing up. I'm a dog person. This is true. All right, guys. Next question. I want to know, um, I, I guess I kind of got off soft topic, so back on topic. How has your experience, how is like learning all of this about Jesus and then about animals and, and just really like leadership really translate into the way you have led your family, your in your positions within the church, your positions within your job or the community? Has Have you learned anything from ranching that you have been able to bring into leadership for caring for people? So I think uh, it, this kind of goes back to my uh, an earlier answer. The way that you have to know know them individually and spend time amongst the sheep or the goats, uh, similar to m- my kids or or the people around me in my in my life, you've got to be doing life with them to know where you need to meet them, where you can help them, where you can serve them, and um, and it's just not a one time and then again in in a month or something it's a consistent um spending time doing life together and uh and really getting to know the person and pouring into the person that was a good answer beat that nathaniel says (laughs) same you win (laughs) wait has this been a competition is that how guys work everything is a competition michael and i are competitive with each other but I think maybe something that would maybe translate over would be um, how like in in goat farming, you would hope for like instant results for, you know, when you're treating a goat, you want like immediate change. You want to see immediate results and that doesn't always happen. And so that that translates over into real life pretty easily that. Um, you don't see immediate results. And so there's a patience, a practice of patience, I think, that I feel like I've maybe gotten better at. I hope I have. I would have thought that I tested your patience enough that by the time you got to goat farming, you would have been like, this is a breeze. No, no. <laughs> you know, another thing is we were talking about earlier uh, lists, you know, prioritizing what needs done. And with a farm, there is never... Uh, a dull moment where you're like, oh, I'm caught up, you know? Yeah. So you really have to prioritize to be the most effective you can be because you, you can't just, you know, have a hundred tasks out there and do a little bit of all of them. Uh, similar to life, you, you've got to really uh, be able to focus in on specific areas and be very productive in, in those areas rather than spreading yourself so thin that uh, yeah. you're stressed to the max and you're really not, uh, you're not the tool that God you know, made you to be. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So typically we do a call to action, but this time we just want to spend some time encouraging our husbands, our, our leaders, our shepherds of our family. And so we just want to speak some encouragement, some life giving things over you. So I'm going to start and just share one of the things, one or two of the things I respect most about Michael, my husband. And so our ranch is called Steady Oak Ranch. There is a meaning behind that, a couple different meanings. So first off, when we got married, we were given an acorn during our wedding ceremony. And our pastor was like, the point of this acorn is to water and nurture it. So it grows into this steady oak tree. And that would be our hope for your marriage. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was part of the reason why we 
named it Steady Oak Ranch because we want our our foundation to be built on Jesus. We want our family to be steady and wavering. And also the second reason is steadiness is one of the main characteristics. I don't know if it's a characteristic, probably, of what I see in my husband is he's steady. He does not waver easily. He is strong. And when the waves of life or just chaos push against him, he really does rest his foundation on Jesus and that overflows into his life. And so that is something that I really admire and respect about Michael. And then also he is just kind of the the piece to the chaos (laughs) of our family. A lot of times, one of my weaknesses is I can get overwhelmed kind of easily with the kids and I get kind of flustered and Michael's good to kind of bring me back and just remind me of the important things and it's okay if the laundry is not done it's okay if our house is a little messy you know and he's just good to also just make sure that our family you know keeps eternity in mind and that we prioritize our our time and how we you know even with sports sometimes I want to do all the sports and he's like you know not the sports are bad but we have to keep the main thing the main thing and so there's lots more things I could say but those are the top few I love that part about your your wedding. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, Nathaniel. This was a surprise. This was a surprise. Oh, that's right. Coming. They they <laughs> did both look at us like, wait, what part is happening? What part is this? You didn't add this in the text message or into the questions. But um, Nathaniel, one thing that I love about the way you lead is that you are so self you are so self disciplined. Um, which is the opposite of what I am. I, I struggle with that. I think that's just kind of the beauty of God's design for bringing us together. But in your self-discipline, you're able to prioritize. You're able to say, hey, I love doing what I do at the farm, but also my family is important and the people within our church body are important. And you're able to do both because you are disciplined. You're willing to wake up early. You're willing to work late. And, and you are a hard worker because I know um, that what you do is not, well, you physically labor throughout the day. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but Nathaniel is a home builder. And so he's literally day to day, just physically swinging a hammer up and down a ladder, that kind of thing. And then he comes home and he goes out to the, the pasture and he's, he's working hard out there, slipping and sliding around in goat poop and <laughs> making sure that they're all healthy. So I really respect your self-discipline. And then on top of that, um, you're willing to say the hard things that doesn't really have anything to do with sheep. I don't know if you say hard things to the sheep or you practice. Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You practice on them, but you're willing to say the hard things. And um, I think that boils down to just honesty. Like you're a very honest person to a fault. And I respect that about you because when when you say the hard things, there's growth that's able to happen. Some people shy away from that. Um, When we first got married, actually, there was a a struggle because you were like, I'm just going to speak the truth, speak the truth. And I remember the guy who married us, he was like, you can do that in love is how scripture actually calls you to do it. And I've really seen you lean into that. And and that's, that's amazing. Hmm. Love that about you. Thank you. So the Bible is clear that words matter, right? And that we all are in need of encouraging life-giving words. And so our second call to action, that really wasn't a call to action we did, but our real call to action is for you to encourage the shepherds in your family, the people who are pouring into you and leading you, what are things that you can speak that will bring life, that will build them up, and do it. Say it. Yeah. It's really easy to fixate on the things that aren't good. So it's important to recognize and call out the things that the people are doing well. Absolutely. It can be life-changing for somebody. 
Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This one was really special to us because we got to have our husbands on. Um, If you enjoyed listening to it, make sure to share it with a friend. If you haven't already, go follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. I don't know. Maybe you know someone who wants to go. Contact Michael and Casey at, at Steady Oak Ranch. Also, make sure you are following our podcast and subscribe because you're going to want to hear the next one. Our guys are back and we're going to, yes, we're going to, I don't know how we talked him into that, but we did. We're going to be talking about marriage. Is it, is it about holiness or is it about happiness? So make sure you tune in.